0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about SEO for B2B, how you can get uh, results, traffic, ranking positions, uh, sales, and anything else. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Peter. How are you?
1: Hello, I'm doing very well. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm doing great. Yeah, we discuss a little bit about different time zone, but you know what I like on LinkedIn or, or on the Internet that we can unite uh, and find a suitable type. Uh, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and why you decided to share with us about SEO for uh, Software as a Service or B2B.
1: Hmm. Um, so... You know, I'm in SEO for more than 20 years, uh, I'm bit a bit on the older side. So, uh, you know, I started uh, somewhere around where Google started, uh, around there. I uh, mostly do SEO. I mostly right now do SEO consulting for companies. I help companies that have their internal team um, elevate their SEO knowledge and their SEO workflows to uh, a, a, a higher level. People can find me on seos.si. That's a nice Slovenian domain. Um, But uh, in general, yeah, I help companies do stuff. I've been in my 20 years on all of the different uh, positions where you can be. So as an agency, I was in-house and uh, now I'm consulting, right? So I think it's extremely important that people try agency life once, not Mm -hmm. for too long. There's an uh, old song that says you should live once in New York once, but leave before it makes you hard. I think it's very similar for uh, agency life. I was there the head of SEO um, for years, but you know, then I decided I need some private life. Um, I need time for other stuff in my life. Uh, so I went uh, in-house, did SEO there. And it is, you know, it's always interesting to see the differences. As a uh, agency person, you're able to see all of the different companies, all of the different ways how companies try to make money and all of the different things that uh, companies do to make SEO. On the other hand, when you're in-house, You can see, you understand how companies, uh, agencies come to you, try to sell you stuff. You know how to, you have to do internal politics and all of that. So seeing all these different kinds of uh, marketing has allowed me to be a pretty okay consultant, if I can say that uh, myself. Uh, So, you know, yeah, and It seems that B2B SEO is something that uh, is not discussed enough and not done enough. Uh, I think that people are way too often trying to focus on e-commerce because, you know, uh, a lot of uh, big websites, uh, a lot of products, a lot of results. But on the other side, uh, B2B companies are lacking on SEO, are lacking very often on online in general. Um, So, you know, helping here seems to be a great way of how I can help companies. And this is what I'm trying to do now.
0: Nice, nice. Love it, love it. Okay. Uh, Can you tell uh, what is the main difference between common SEO and B2B SEO? Because you mentioned that... Uh, we don't uh, get a lot of attention to B2B SEO. And uh, can you tell about the difference where uh, companies need to pay more attention if they want to get ranking positions uh, for B2B services?
1: Hmm. So, you know, the first question is, should B2B companies even be on the Internet? I know it's 2022, but this question still comes up. When I was doing research for for companies that uh, are producing um stuff for municipal electricities in germany it's it felt like a i was uh, time traveling right the website that i saw uh, the websites that the companies have reminded me on the times when i was starting on the internet in the 1990s or 2000s right uh, those companies are still not really thinking about their presence on the uh, on the internet a lot of sales is still being done on fairs on uh, conferences or just people talking to people, right? COVID, of Mm -hmm. course, has changed a lot of that. We are slowly coming back, but still, what we discovered, what we knew before, but now B2B companies have have discovered themselves is on the internet, everyone, even your B2B partners are everywhere on all of the channels, right? B2B companies usually felt all right, LinkedIn may be the place where we can do our marketing, but everything else is more or less irrelevant, right? But it's not true. Even B2B marketing should be people-to-people marketing. That means that on the other side, there is still a person that has problems in his or her job that he wants to solve. And what does he do when he has problems? He uses Google. This is why we have to go, uh back and start thinking B2B in the similar ways. Of course, there are differences, but in the general, it is very similar to B2C marketing on the uh on the internet, right? SEO is extremely important, but of course, there are important differences. And the first and the biggest difference is usually in the uh keywords. Mm-hmm. When we do keywords for uh for uh Everywhere else, what we are looking for is keywords that have a lot of search volume. So big keywords that have thousands of people searching them every month. And those keywords should not have too high of uh, keyword difficulty, right? So the, the competition for the keyword should not be too big. When we look for the um, B2B SEO, we see that the search volume should not really be as important because what companies often see is that there is no search volume, right? The search volume is usually much, much lower because the number of potential customers is pretty low. This is why the search volume should not be the number one reason how people think about their keywords. Or let me rephrase that, in different parts of the keywords, in different parts of the consumer decision journey, search volume should not be that important in some of them. And on the others, of course, it, should, it still should be. Right? Uh, we should understand that when we are doing keyword research for our products or how our products are used, that keyword, uh, the, the number of searches can be very low. Let's just think about how many people are going to search for, I don't know, vibration analysis for electric cars or uptime monitoring for e commerce websites. Not a lot of people are going to use that, uh, search for that. But for everyone, we want, we still, for every one of those who does search, we still want to be at the top of the search results, right? So what we should do when we do keyword research and, uh, for the B2Bs is we should rely on our own knowledge much more than, uh, than usual because if we know that some keywords or some topics are extremely important for our customers, we should be on uh, the good search uh, on the good positions for those search zones right? Can you tell about
0: this extremely important? Uh, How do I know that these keywords uh, will sell and help my customers? For example, if I use content marketing or uh, can write, uh, I don't know, like blog posts, uh, guide tutorial that lead my customers in the right direction. How do I know these keywords will sell and help me to grow my business?
1: Mm -hmm. When we think about keywords, we should always think, firstly think about in what part of the consumer decision journey that keyword lies right. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about if we talk about marketing tools, it's going to be uh, uh, understandable, easier, under, easier understandable for us, right? A keyword that is very on the beginning of the consumer decision journey, a keyword of on how to sell on the internet, is not a keyword that is going to 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 sell, but it is a keyword that has a lot of searches. For those keywords, we will of course try to prepare blogs and content that are going to help us rank for that keyword. But we understand that people that are going to come to our website are not going to buy anything from us, right? We have to understand them the same way as B2B as in B2C. The average number of visits that a person has to do on our website is seven and up. So every person should will in the average, of course, be on our website seven times or more and that means that we can't really expect them to do the purchase on the first visit on our website right especially mm-hmm. in b2b the sales cycles are extremely long now we don't talk about days or months we talk about years it takes two or three years to make a deal that it costs a municipality millions of uh, of euros that you can uh, that you can sell them for right this is why one- when we think about the consumer decision journey, we know some of the keywords are just going to bring us traffic. Maybe they're going to bring us some yeah. uh, emails. Maybe they're going to give us leads, right? But then when we when we go down the consumer decision journey, what we, what we have to do is we have to mostly uh, think about, uh, come from our sales knowledge and say, all right, we know that this is something that is going to help us uh, to help us sell, let's. We always have to talk with our product managers. We have to talk with our salespersons and talk to them about what are our, what are the questions, what are the problems that pre- the people have, and then answer those mm-hmm. uh, those problems.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, love it, love it. Okay, let's talk about uh, priorities. Can you tell how to choose priorities? For example, if I check out uh, any keyword research tools, Semrush, Google Keyword Planner, uh, Uber Suggest, many others, yeah, I can see a list of keywords, a lot of keywords. But uh, in most cases, uh, companies have limited budget uh, by creating content, and uh, we have this interesting quote that less but quality. Yeah. uh, We don't need to produce a lot of content at scale with limited resources. Can you tell about choosing priorities in your content plan when you have a huge list of keywords?
1: The best idea is usually just to start at the sales point and then move backwards, right? So what we'd want to do is we want to start with the keywords that we know that are going to sell because that, of course, is going to bring us money. It depends. Of course, it depends on how uh, how good with uh, how much content we already have on our website. But let's say if we don't have any, let's start there and then slowly move away. That, of course, means. That we are going to start producing content that probably is not going to bring so many people to our website, but that should not be the number of people visiting our website should not be the first um, um, the, the first metric uh, in, in this in, in this example, right? Mm-hmm. We have to be there even if the keywords have a lower search volume. We have to be there because we we know that they're going to sell, and then we move up. Um, then we move backwards to the beginning of this uh, of the consumer decision journey, and that is going to bring us uh, keywords that are less salesy, that are not going to sell as good, but are going to educate people. That means, of course, that the number of keywords gets even greater. Because of that, we have to prioritize them more. What we should do here is of course we have to uh, use the keyword analysis tools and try to use the keyword difficulty. Um, that they tell us about, right? So most of the tools that you've mentioned, Keyword Finder, Hrefs, SEMrush, are going to tell you how hard it is going to be for you to rank for that keyword. Mm -hmm. What you want to do is you want to find the balance between search volume and the keyword difficulty and just start from there.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting about this metric keyword difficulty that you mentioned. Uh, Some SEO... uh... Experts tell me that uh, they don't consider keyword difficulty. They don't believe on this metric. Google denies about this metric. Uh, others can tell, no, it's important because uh, it's hard to get uh, ranking positions with these keywords because of high competition. Can you tell uh, about your opinion about that? I mean, like uh, right. how is it important to consider keyword difficulty on Ahrefs, Semrush, or any other tools?
1: Well, as, as always, it's complicated. Uh, I come from a country that has 2 million inhabitants, right? So only 2 million mm-hmm. people live in Slovenia. That means that only 2 million people um, speak our language. The keyword difficult for any keyword in Slovenian is irrelevant because, mm-hmm. of course, the numbers are much more, much different in Slovenia than in the uh, US. So may that be the content, the number of backlinks, uh, the, the quality of backlinks, the number of social mentions, whatever that you need in Slovenia is much smaller than those that you need in uh, in the U.S. So number one, what you have to consider when looking at the keyword difficulty is, is it working for your language or your country, right? It's different mm-hmm. in different countries. The difficulty works better or worse. Number two, of course... I when I look at the keyword difficulty, I look at it and then go directly to see what are the websites ranking and the special what are the, the, the metrics for those websites? Right. Um, all of the tools give you the specific metrics and then you go and do manual analysis. But, you know, I've been doing that for 20 years and usually I have time to do that. I sell my SEO in such a way that you know I can give quality uh, information to my clients. Mm-hmm. That means that I'm not going to lean on that but usually when I tell my clients when they do international seo in the in the in the english language or in the bigger european languages german uh, spanish french you can main you can generally rely on that because there is no other metrics that I can teach them in you know a couple of sessions on how to do the prioritization so does it really help does it really tell you 100 of how go- how fast you'll be able to rank for that keyword? No. Does it give you an idea of what is hard and what isn't? Of course, because you know it's it's different when SEOs talk uh, one to it uh, to each other. We have a knowledge and understanding of keywords on the top of our heads and can go into details all the time. But when we talk to people that are just that are, that are marketing managers in companies they don't think about keywords nearly as much as we right so it's not mm-hmm. it, it's not as easy for them to come up with a decision so let's give them at least a tool that can help them a bit this is my answer does it does it work sort of but it's better than nothing
0: Got it. Got it. Okay. We have the question from Rakesh Kumar. Uh, Sorry if I can't pronounce the correct name, but, you know, I'm trying hard to pronounce any names and yeah, what is the best type of backlinks? Can you reply to this question?
1: Um, the, the best type of the backlinks is the one that you didn't do anything about for it to uh, to appear. Yeah, right? editorial. Uh, so yeah. the best backlink is then is the one when you go and analyze your backlinks and you're surprised. Wow, we got a backlink for a CNN. This just happened for a client of mine. Um, you know, we we had some content. We didn't do manual um, uh, backlink acquisition to that content, but something happened and we got a backlink. Right. And I know that this is a, a, a an answer that no one wants to hear because you know uh, that's SEO on conferences answer. Still, uh, to answer the ways how you can do it, I think that the best uh, the best type of backlink is where. The backlink still helps the user on the website where it's put up, right? So if you mm-hmm. are able to find web, of course, you can help people uh, create backlinks to your website. If you can help help websites to help their users in such a way that they add a backlink to your site and you really believe mm-hmm. that you've helped this user, it's not really, all right, this is going to help them, um, you know, that's a that's a great backlink.
0: Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Uh, By the way, I think uh, if you get backlink from CNN, that means you have linkable content because CNN can't link to uh, just generic content online. Can you tell more about creating linkable content? How to give a solid reason uh, for webmasters to link to your content and get uh, links naturally?
1: Just today, Google has released what is i didn't remember the name yet is a usable content update for mm-hmm. their uh, google algorithm it just went out today what mm-hmm. that, and there are a couple of uh, there are a couple of guidelines that google has released um and the most important in them is the question are you really bringing something new to the table or are you just rewriting stuff that is on the internet right mm-hmm. um yeah. and this is linkable content if if you go on the website or just hire someone on upwork or fiverr or anywhere else and you tell them go around find find five articles that talk about uh you know time tracking and then create the, the all of the time track list the best list of time tracking uh tools is that really something that helps people you know if we're sincere to ourselves we know that it doesn't Mm-hmm. On the other hand if you are able to produce new kind of content content that isn't up there yet content that where you have your personal experience just think about it have you had it in your hand should be a good question before you start writing an article about it because if you didn't if you, if, you know if you're uh, trying to make a review of a uh, of a drink or of a or vacuum cleaner did you use it Yes, then you can tell something about it. If not, you're just going to regurgitate everything that other people have also said. So that is not really uh, good content. And what what I really want to say is infographics still work. Infographics Mm -hmm. are something that we all talked about five or 10 years ago. But still, infographics are a good way of presenting content. And let's not think about them as stale, something that we used to do. There are still great ways to how to present uh, information. And if we do that in a good way, that can be uh, linkable content. And of course, never forget, you should always help your linkable content with outreach a bit, right? Nothing happens if you don't do anything.
0: (laughs) Yeah, got it. Okay, uh, let's talk more about... Uh, linkable content Uh, let me clarify more about that Uh, you mentioned that uh, it's not good idea to rewrite and I remember like 10 years ago uh, I had a team of copywriters who uh, wrote about anything you know we got results we got ranking positions uh, but uh, Google changed the algorithms and today uh, Google is looking for experts uh, experience and um, uh, because of this parameter EAT and today yeah I agree with you it's not good idea to find for copywriters who can write about anything because in most cases they usually rewrite content in the top 10 mm-hmm. results they don't understand the topic and uh, it's not about even Google it's more about users because users can see the same content online they can check out the top 10 results and how you can overcome others if you provide totally the same it's like uh, watching the the same movie uh, with the same plot uh i I often get this review you know from my friends uh please tell me about this movie it's good or not and uh, nothing special you know it's the same with rewriting content it's nothing special but experts can share something new interesting they usually use uh, breaking news ideas uh, many things it's not about rewriting it's more about sharing something new considering users intent yeah i agree with that can you tell more about um uh, user intent how we need to learn it and analyze what kind of content it's better to create
1: I mean um this user intent is of course something that we talk in SEO for uh, for a while now and some tools are now helping you to think about uh, user intent sem rush for example uh when it, it shows you keyword it tries to figure out the uh, the user intent right um mm-hmm. The easiest way to think about user intent is just to use a structure that is going to help you think about in which part of the, and of course, the consumer decision journey, the idea that Google is mostly using can help you with that, right? Is someone already having a problem? Is someone already thinking about the product? Is he already thinking about the brand or a specific product, or uh, then uh, after purchase uh, keywords? Right. So mm-hmm. we have to think about what kind of a problem does that person have. Is that a special, uh, a general problem? Let's talk about uh, you know uh, running shoes. The general, uh, the general problem is I want to prepare for a marathon. What should I do? If, Moving closer to the to the uh, purchase f- f- phase, we'll talk about what kind of running shoes we can use for mountain running. And then we'll talk about m- mountain running shoes of Nike. And then we'll talk about prices, right? So we have to think about what kind of a problem does the user have. And out of that, we, we have to write the content that is going to solve that problem for the user. That is always the, the end question. Is your content that you are producing really solving any of the user's problems or is it just there because you think you have to push some content out to google and if we can if if we can answer yes we are solving a problem then we have uh good content that of course can help the user no matter in what uh what his user intent is hmm
0: Yeah. Okay. We have the question about what is the strategy for B2B, RPA and business process automation software company? It's like uh, robot process automation.
1: Yeah. What do you think about that? So, you know, uh, SEO strategies for B2B complicated, but let's do it in five minutes. I think that one of the important things that uh, B2B companies forget about is that they have to have a very specific website structure that are going to help them uh, talk to the users in uh, in the right way, right? They're going to help with uh, thinking about the user's intent. In general, what we want to have, the types of the landing pages that we want to have, we have to have product landing pages, and this is usually not a problem, right? Companies are able to do that. Very often, companies forget about use cases or applications, that means what are the verticals or types of companies that are going to use your your uh, your product? Right. If your product is um, what was that? Uh, business process automation software. That's your product. If we if we want to talk about use cases, how is business process automation software used in hospitality or? Um, automotive industry, right? Those kind of landing pages, those kind of keywords, those kind of content is going to help you answer the questions of the the, the right users, right? And then only we go on to, uh, to, to our blogs and our general content. What I'm trying mm-hmm. to say is in the strategy, we want to cover all three parts of that, create the content that is going to answer all of those problems, and then, come to uh, create backlinks. I haven't told anything new, because in general, mm-hmm. the business-to-business uh, strategy for SEO at, at the top level is very similar to anything else, right? Mm-hmm. Do your keyword research, create the content, create the landing pages, get backlinks.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I... Go ahead. Uh, yeah, uh, I have the question about uh, AI. Can you tell about artificial intelligence? It's a good idea or not to use today AI because uh, today I, I can see th- uh, they are far away from perfect, you know. Uh, and uh, by the way, hey, I, I, you know, I think AI can overcome uh, mediocre writers, uh, but they can't uh, overcome experts. I don't know when uh, they will uh, can do it or not because, yeah, it, it probably takes time. But can you tell, do we need to use AI today or it's better to skip it?
1: So when SEOs talk about AI, they usually talk about AI in content generation or text generation, right? Mm -hmm. I haven't seen a good text coming from AI yet. That does not mean that you can't really use it to create a template, not a template, a first draft of a content, right? If you have to create a lot of content, for example, a good example are aviation companies or renta car companies, right? They have to create content for all of the cities they fly to uh, for example, the uh, aviation companies, right? Mm-hmm. The first template for your uh, for your content can be created by an AI, but then a real writer, a good writer, should go yeah. over that content and rewrite it, right? But there are ways of how we can use, and I think that they work well, uh, AI in other parts of SEO. For example, AI is very good in creating images, right? Yeah. We, we very often use uh, uh, images for blog posts. We need a big image for every blog post that we create. What, we, what do we usually do? We go to a free website that gives you free images and just download what we find there. The same thing that everyone else does. SEOs have been talking about how Google is, you know, looking at those images and goes, seven people have the same image on that blog post. Is there really something new to that? So a lot of people were hiring uh, illustrators or designers to create um, uh, blog post pictures. Maybe, and this is something I'm trying out right now with uh, OpenAI, AI. They have a free, this is a free tool. You got, you know, you got 50 credits or something for free, um that creates great images for you and that they are unique. They no one else is going to use them because AI is created just for you, just based on what you told him to create, right? So, what I'm trying to say is in content creation, AI is not as good, but there are other parts where AI is great. Let's use AI in those other parts. And when we talk about content, I still think we have to go with great people creating great content. Mm -hmm. Can you
0: tell more about uh, this uh, AI? uh, I I know about OpenAI and I know they launched, uh, it's called uh, Dell 2. Uh, when you can create pictures uh, by using this OpenAI, but it's a better version. Uh, For example, I couldn't get access to that. I uh, submitted my request to get and can you tell them more, about, more about that? H- how to get this uh, acceptance you know, by using this uh, uh, creating images. For example, I, I have uh, designers in my team they can uh, read my mind, you know, and create pictures awesome pictures in you know, infographics. I usually... Uh, I don't know. I don't clarify a lot. I have no time with that. I just tell, please uh, create pictures for this text. I also need this text on my blog or any other places. They understand. Uh, But it will be great if AI can uh, learn my mind, you know, (laughs) and create the same pictures. Can you tell more about that? Because I know uh, right now it's a better version. And do you have access to that?
1: Yes, I have access to that. I, I have no idea how to get access. I just applied, and I was mm-hmm. uh, I was allowed in, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, if you want nice. to, I can even do screen share, and we can just go directly and uh, try the nice. tool if you think that would be great. Um, um, but in general, what you have to do is you have to tell the tool what kind of a picture you want to have. Do you want it an oil oil painting, or nice. maybe a crayons, or maybe mm-hmm. digital painting? And then what should be on that picture, right? I was just doing um, for my blog post something where I wanted to have uh, people screaming at the uh, at the clouds, and I tried pixel uh, pixel graphic multiple people screaming at the clouds was the query that I gave into the tool and I got out um, you always get four or five images uh, that are different that you can choose from um, from from uh, yeah that you can choose from right so it's extremely mm-hmm. easy I, in general you have to learn of what kind of queries you should put in there but you get unique. Pictures every time you put nice. something in there and you can play, you know, it's it's very interesting when you start putting in there things that don't really or can't really exist like a soup that is also glasses on the TV right? And it mm-hmm. starts doing stuff like that. It's, it's pretty bad with creating images of people. So, you know, if you mm-hmm. want to say a realistic image of uh, a person, the face doesn't look well. Um, mm-hmm. Everything else, very nice.
0: Nice, nice. I think the first version uh, now, uh, can be perfect. Now, yeah, it takes time <laughs> to improve it, even with AI. Uh, okay. Uh, by the way, guys, I submitted the link to Dale2. Uh, you can submit your request. I didn't get acceptance, so I think mm. it takes more time. I hope I will get it. Uh, and I have the question about... Um, can you tell about common mistakes that webmasters still do uh, by providing uh SEO B2B for B2B uh, because you know for example i often see when uh, webmasters are chasing high volume keywords that we uh, mention and discuss a little bit but uh, from your experience uh, what uh, people still do but they shouldn't do
1: well one of the interesting thing is what people still do is they hope they are going to rank for a webs for a keyword that they didn't prepare content for right and mm-hmm. especially in b2b this can be, this can be seen very often because there are so many different uh, keywords that they would like to rank for but they don't have big websites that have a lot of content they have a lot of landing pages right b2b websites are usually you know uh, about us about our products contact forum and that's it right and then uh, then they are of course but why don't we rank for uptime monitoring because there are seven million other websites trying to rank for that right Mm -hmm. yeah you have to first really think about do you have the landing pages prepared and are those landing pages really good in b2b Mm -hmm. the idea of content marketing I, i sort of feel it's yes or no some companies haven't really gotten on the uh, on the idea of content marketing and they are they are lacking on everything in content marketing in seo on email automation right because email automation is of course extremely important when we with seo bring people to the websites we have to get their email and then go on the one or two years long journey of talking to them um, before they make the purchase, right? So email marketing or email marketing automation is extremely important in B two B. So companies who do that are great with that, but there are companies who still think that you know fairs and conferences are the places to be, and of course they are, but half of the budgets should already be on the uh, on the internet, and they fail with uh, with creating on that. And the third one is internationalization is extremely big in B2B, right? Companies that now now understand uh, the internets in B2B understand that, you know, once you're in Europe, you can sell to the whole 500 million of people that are in in Europe. The problem that we have here are, of course, the languages that are different in more or less every country. There are Hmm. technical things that you have to take care of, there's content translation that you have to take care of, and there is backlink acquisition that you have to take care of if you want to rank well in different countries, right? What B2B's do is they usually just translate the page into 12 different languages, and then they are, you know, uh, asking about why aren't we really, why aren't we ranking in Poland, and why aren't we ranking in France for those keywords? Well, you have to do a bit more, right? The technical stuff that is. There's three or four ways of what you have to do on your website. You have to have your uh, language alternate tags. You have to have your internal links for the languages. You have to have your uh, international uh, sitemaps and the HTML lang. These are the four tags that you have to have on every URL to make international SEO. Uh, so SEO in different countries work. And then, of course, the backlink acquisition if mm-hmm. you are based in ukraine and you want to rank in poland you'll have to get polish uh polish backlinks from uh, websites in poland right and mm-hmm. those two things are extremely extremely uh problematic i mean problematic people uh try to do uh b2b seo without uh without them and it doesn't work Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, let's talk more about link building. Can you tell from your experience how to find the right link building strategy? Because, for example, I I often speak with many experts on this field and uh, many um, use different strategies. Uh, in most cases, white hat techniques, because, uh, yeah, I, I have a few experts who can use black hat techniques. They are great with that, but it's not my direction. I'm not sure it's a good idea today to go to this direction. But let's talk about white hat SEO, how to find the right strategy. Uh, because, you know, from my experience, I often see when uh, content creators and builders use just one or two techniques. They ignore uh, the rest techniques and it's hard to find this one. Can you tell from your experience how to do it?
1: Well, I think that the idea of using one or two techniques is actually a pretty good one, especially in B2B. You know, when we think about B2B marketing, we think about um, Microsoft or about HubSpot or about, you know, big marketing keywords that there is a lot of competition for, a lot of content, a lot of backlinks. But that isn't usually true when we talk about hardware B2B people creating, you know, cranes or um, just big things that are really produced uh, from from metals right? or whatever. Mm-hmm. There, the competition is not really uh, as big as, um, as other- otherwise. So they don't really have to work on 10 different backlink acquisition strategies. What I usually tell my B2B clients is, what you should think about is whatever you do on marketing in your company you should think about can we get a backlink from that b2b's what they do is they go to fairs from to fairs in the, uh, in different countries they can go to up to you know 10, 20 30 fairs every uh, every year that is mm-hmm. a great opportunity to get backlinks just check the website of the of the fair and very often they would uh, they, they would mention the uh, companies that are uh, exhibiting there. They're going to mention them on that on their website. That is a great way of how to uh, get a backlink. If you do conferences, if you do podcasts, whatever you do in your marketing, always think about can I get a backlink from them? By the way, Anatoly, can I get a backlink from you for being on your uh, on your uh, video? Huh? see, this is how we do it. Uh, <laughs> And by the way, like, I submit
0: uh, uh, I submit the links on my website, on podcasts, on my social media, everywhere.
1: <laughs> All right, see, this is how we do b two b backlinks. But you know, mm-hmm. um, the other thing is what the uh, b two bs are already great at is med- uh, buying media uh, exposure in their verticals, right? So if you do um, electric vehicles batteries, Those companies are usually already good at uh, having up buying PR articles in uh, magazines that talk about the industry, right? Just think about how you can use that not only to buy a a PR, not only to buy a printed version, that a lot of printed versions are still going out there of printed magazines. When you buy that, think about can we also buy a backlink? Can we? buy a backlink I shouldn't be saying <laughs> yeah. that live anywhere but you know can we buy the exposure for our website there whatever you do do that and that is going to help you immensely mostly your competition is not really do not really as big with um with backlinking and that is going to help you and if not there's the second strategy that you should be thinking about and this is companies that are already buy from you and the companies that you buy from um, should should help you with backlinks. That means that if you have a lot of different companies that you sell to, they sh- talk to them, uh, ask them to add a backlink to your website, and then it's going to help you immensely, right? I have a client who gives a uh, 2% discount to every company that is go- that is backlinking to them on a monthly basis right uh, i'm not saying you should be doing that all the different uh, ways of how to do business uh, i don't know how you do it but you know think about how you can use your established partners and your estab- established um, established partners to get backlinks is that everything that you should be doing mostly it can be enough right Of course, there is uh, outreach, PR purchasing, uh, infographics, all of that. But in a lot of uh, verticals, you don't really need to do all of that. It's just enough to do one or two kinds of backlinks. And those are the the ones that the B2B companies uh, make uh, uh, the easiest, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love your tips, I can tell why, uh, because from my experience, I, uh, you know, I cooperate with many marketers, uh, experts, link builders, and I found when uh, some companies Uh, pay attention to one specific direction, they can provide much higher results. Uh, It takes time to create a team of specialists who can uh, provide uh, specifically building techniques. Uh, Someone is good uh, in uh, uh, specific niches like weight loss, finance. Uh, The rest are good with help of reporters out or PR. So when you cooperate with all of them, you can... uh, It's better to delegate the task to others and get much higher results than you are trying to do it from scratch. It's hard. And when people have this experience, it's better to cooperate with them. So that's why I love your tips, you know, Uh, and uh, for me, networking is very important in link building today, especially we are talking about white hat SEO. I have the question about the future of SEO. Can you share uh, or forecast the future of SEO? Because many people uh, want to jump on this field. We can see that SEO is growing. But what will be in the future, like in uh, a few years, five years, 10 years? It's a good idea to start uh, on this niche or it's better to find something else because metaverse is coming, many other stuff. What do you think about
1: that? I have no idea. And it would be, you know, uh, saying I know what's going to happen in the internet in five years. No idea. But of course, I can talk about stuff because uh, that's what we do. I think that the trend that we are already seeing that we have moved from text content to other kinds of content is going to continue, right? So we, as from the beginning of SEO, we talked, the content is king. We started with, uh simple text content is king and then we were adding images and then we were adding videos and then we were adding audio and now we are adding 3d uh virtual reality it's it's all of all of it is still the same i think we're going to even more move not not move away from text but we are going to move into all of the different kinds of media that people use we know multi-channel marketing taught us that we have to be everywhere where the people are, and I have no idea if TikTok is going to be the next thing or not, or if Metaverse is going to be it. But what I what I do know is that we will have to create quality content in those uh, in those media that people are going to use. As we all started doing podcasts, as we all started doing uh, videos. whatever is going to be the next media there we're going to go and it there still is going to be a need people are going to ask questions may that be typing it on a keyboard may that be asking alexa may that be uh asking in metaverse uh, bot on how should i you know buy the uh, robots for whatever right and those uh question machines will have algorithms that are going to look for answers. SEO is always preparing content for those machines. And if you are asking me, should people still go in SEO? Of course they should. It's going to say stay the same in the same way. It's just going to be a bit different. If nothing else, Google has brought TikTok results into the search results. So you know, people are doing uh, SEO for TikTok uh, for TikTok videos. So it's still the same. It's just on, and different media, and I think this is coming for the future.
0: Okay, love it, love it. Uh, Peter, it's a big pleasure to get you on my show, to learn from you. You share a lot of insight, tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you,
1: follow you. Um, I do a podcast that is called Time for Marketing. Um, It's on timeformarketing.com. I invite the best marketing conference speakers to sum up their presentation in five minutes. So it's a short podcast, but it gives you everything that you would hear when going to a a, uh, conference. People can can listen to that or just find me at scos.si. That's my website. Um, There's um, free tools. I have a great UTM tool. Um, There is, of course, blogs and other stuff, and you can find a contact form to talk to me uh, also there. So I think that's the best way to, to find me.
0: Okay, guys, you should listen to Peter and his podcast because you can see a lot of valuable insights. Visit his website because of getting this value. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. Welcome back anytime back in you know, order to share more valuable insights. Thanks, guys, for listening and watching us. Uh, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, and see you next time.